grace and peace to you in the name of Jesus. As we begin this devotional time, take just a few moments to enter into the holiness of God. Perhaps you're in a place where you can sit calmly, or maybe you can light candles, or perhaps you find yourself on the go. Wherever you find yourself this day, take just a moment to step away from the busyness and distraction of the day. Take just a moment to listen to the sound of your own breathing. Breathe in and hold the gift of God's Spirit there. Then breathe out. Breathe in and breathe out. Each time you breathe in, notice how God blesses you with each breath. And each time you breathe out, notice how that blessing of God is also for the whole world. Breathe in and breathe out. As we begin this time of Advent devotion, No matter what's going on in the world today or in your own life, know that this day, now, in this moment, you join with Anna, Simeon, Zechariah, and all God's people in being a recipient of God's tender mercies, dawning from on high, giving light to you when you sit in darkness, and guiding your feet into the way of peace. Today, December 3rd, we read together the third chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Our focus reading for today is Luke chapter 3, verse 2b to 14. The word of God came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness. He went into the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As it is written in the book of the words of the prophet Isaiah, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways made smooth, and all flesh shall shall see the salvation of God. John said to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers! You warned me to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What what then should we do? In reply he said to them, Whoever has two coats must share with anyone who has none. And whoever has food must do likewise. Even tax collectors came to be baptized, and they asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said to them, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be satisfied with your wages. John the Baptist has been called many things, 
A prophet and or a crazy person are some of the most popular. I like to think of John the Baptist as a performance artist. Someone with a message to share. Someone who communicates that message in a way that demands to be heard and demands to be reacted to. Imagine the scene. Out in the wilderness, there stands a man clothed in camel's hair, eating locusts and lifting up stones and carrying on about their potential as children of Abraham. You'd probably take notice of a scene like that. And indeed, the people of John's day took notice. From far and wide, the crowds gathered, from all walks of life, to see what this was all about. John performs for them a show, an old show they've seen before, but this time with a twist. He cries out in the wilderness about the way of the Lord. Crooked paths will be made straight, valleys will be filled, mountains brought low, rough ways made smooth. He's talking about the Exodus. This isn't just a familiar story for John's audience. It's from the greatest hits. This isn't just a story, it's their story. The story of God's saving action in their lives, where they went from enslaved brick masons in Egypt to free women and men in the land of promise, flowing with milk and honey. To John's audience, that story of theirs may have seemed like time, time gone by. Through the centuries, that promised land of milk and honey had grown bitter. Again, occupation had reared its ugly head. The sweetness of their life together had turned sour. Not just from the Roman occupation, but in their very midst. Some of them worked with their occupiers, tax collectors. Others used what power they had to add to the oppression of others, soldiers. And the rest, well, they walled themselves off into their own interest groups, convinced that theirs was the most right way to live life. In this land of promise, nation indeed was rising against nation, but so were siblings rising against siblings. Another exodus was needed. Again, the people needed to pass through the waters, wander together, receive manna, and learn a new way to live. And John brought it to them with his performance art and invited them to be players in this production. I like to think of the first exodus as a physical journey that had spiritual truths. John's exodus will be a spiritual journey that demands physical actions. That internal spiritual work of rending your heart, tearing open your life to God, will also involve tearing open your wardrobe to provide for others. As our souls are being fed with manna and the bread of life, that very word will also ask us to share the bread from our own tables so the stomachs of our neighbors are fed. Everything in our life, our possessions, our money, even how we interact with others is to be reconsidered by the players in this divine drama. Make no mistake, by hearing this story of John the performance artist, you are being invited to join in the play. 
you are invited to go on a journey, an adventure really, from the captivity of your own sin and selfishness to the freedom of life with God and one another. It's a spiritual journey, but one that does not remain in the heart and mind, but breaks out hands and feet in action. I'll leave you with John's performance. He lifts up stones and declares that God can raise up daughters and sons from them. The Latin phrase for sin is incurvatus in se. Literally, it means the soul curved in on itself. In sin, you are curved in on yourself, captive like a stone. This Exodus play John announces is one where God raises you up from your stony self to be a daughter and son of God, feeling, thinking, and acting your faith out each and every day. Would you pray with me? Hound us, Lord, with affection and conviction until we renounce all lesser things to follow you. Help us to see that in giving up the fool's gold of the world, we open ourselves to heavenly treasure that lasts forever. Amen.